What's Shaking Fire Nation? JLD here with an audio masterclass on how to rock the eight tools of improv comedy in work and in life. And to break this down for us, I have brought Katie Goodman on the mic. She's an author and a speaker, and her comedy videos have amassed over 3 million views. She's taught over 10,000 people how to use the tools of improv in life. So we'll be diving into those eight tools of improv comedy when we get back from thanking our sponsor. Discover winning marketing strategies in Clavio's new video series, Ready, Set, Grow. More than 15,000 innovative e-commerce brands grow their business with Clavio. Learn their key tactics in this latest series. Visit Clavio.com slash fire. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash fire. Time is your most precious resource. Vincero crafts the watches you need to own every second. Visit vincerowatches.com slash fire and use promo code FIRE for 15% off plus free shipping worldwide. That's vincerowatches.com slash fire, promo code FIRE. Katie, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Hey, Fire Nation. I am so excited to be here. I was about to say I'm lit, but I think that's (laughs) like I'm stoned. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Well, I started my entrepreneurial career in second grade. So um, I not only starred in, but also directed the musical. I don't know if you know it called Really Rosie. And what's funny about it is it's a musical about a little girl who stars in and directs her own film. So it's very meta, although I didn't know what meta was at the time. (laughs) So I was like, okay, yes, I like being my own boss. That is definitely for me. So that's when it started. Oh, love it. You were at a young age already on the path to entrepreneurial greatness. And Fire Nation, as I mentioned in the intro, we're going to be talking about rocking the eight tools of improv comedy and both work and in life, and Katie Goodman's going to drop the mic here. Value bomb after value bomb. We're going to go through those eight steps. And Katie did ask slash warn me that she's going to actually have a little uh, back and forth game for the two of us later this episode. So stick around for that, Fire Nation, (laughs) as I fall flat on my face, which I'm happy to do, but it'll be (laughs) a lot of fun. So let's talk about one of the eight skills. We'll start at skill number one, staying Present. Talk to us about that. So, you know, this is a mix of like, I was a yoga teacher a million years ago, and I started noticing how um, all those skills mixed with all the skills, skills of improv because I was doing them at the same time, and how you need the same skills just to make your life work. And so, staying present is obviously about being just mindful and connected with others so you can connect better and you can be more aware of the creative possibilities that are like right in front of you right in that moment. So one of the things that we teach in improv is to let go of habitual reactions and to let go of like fear based on your past experiences, because that's not actually relevant or going to help you in any way in the present moment. So the only way to really live is fully, fully present. And um, improv, you know, brings us into the present moment very easily. What's nice about it is you don't have to work too hard. You're just sort of forced to be present. <laughs> Let go of habitual reactions. So what would be an example of this, Katie? 
Well, I'll just tell you, like in my workshops, a lot of times people will have a, if, especially if it's like a corporate leadership workshop, you'll have some people who take over, you know, they're in a game with three or four people and they don't let anybody get a word in edgewise. And that's sort of, and that could be many different things. And it's my job to sort of help them figure out what, as like a Rorschach test, like, what are you doing, man? What, why is that happening? And for some people, it'll be, they feel responsible for everybody, you know? Um, I worked with Martha Beck once in a in a workshop, and she that was her. She was like, "Oh, my family's the pirates who don't do anything. I am the one who always has to." So she feels responsible for everybody, and that was a really interesting moment. And somebody else might um, say, um, I, I, "I thought that's what I was always supposed to do because I'm the leader. That's what a leader does is they mm. s- you know save everybody." Or someone's just so nervous and they couldn't not talk. So that's sort of an example of when you. So when you one of my teachers, uh, Buddhist teachers actually said to me, you know, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So when you do something completely new and John, you'll know this from your work life too, but when you do something totally new, you fall to kind of your lowest common denominator, like your habits. And that's why it's so great to take these workshops into places where people haven't ever done improv before, because it's immediately obvious what are their good or bad habits. And then they can see them and they can go, oh, is that actually working for me in my life? You know, and then if it's not, they get a chance to play and practice doing it differently. Fire Nation, just a lot of things to think about. Like where in life are you having habitual reactions? You're just reacting a certain way because maybe you've always done so. And one phrase I love to use all the time on this show is, all the magic happens outside of your comfort zone. Like your habitual reactions, those are in your comfort zone, which we get. Like we all love that. Like once you're good at something, you want to stay there. Once you know something is comfortable and it's easy, we get it. But listen, the magic happens outside of the comfort zone. So let's get there. And skill number two, Katie, is yes and. I know that every improv comedian knows all about this, but maybe (laughs) Fire Nation's like, what the heck does that mean? Break it down. (laughs) <laughs> so if you've never ha- been forced to watch a friend's improv show before, <laughs> um, which means you don't live in New York. Um, so yeah, the, the yes and principle is that you don't want to negate an idea. So picture you're at a staff meeting and someone has an idea and everyone either just sort of shoots it down or doesn't really listen and even validate that it's the beginning of an idea. Like nobody's going to come up with the perfect idea in the first three seconds. And that's not even how good creative processes work. So what you want to do, so instead of saying like, someone says in an improv game, someone says, look at that pink elephant on stage. This is the classic one. And someone else says, or your partner says, what pink elephant? So like, what happens to the scene then? There's no pink elephant. What are you talking about? (laughs) Right, and then you have nowhere to go. And you're like, thanks a lot. So what you wanted to say instead is like, um, yes, and yes, meaning I hear you, I accept the information that you've given me, um, I'm present with you, and and then you're adding something to it. Because you also don't want to just go, yeah, pink elephant, man. How about like, <laughs> yes, and there's a little leprechaun with a lollipop who's riding that pink elephant. Excellent. I was about, that's a much funnier uh, answer than I was going to give. Excellent. That's great. <laughs> yes. so you're not going to bomb at this. Yeah, but I had to like think about that for like 30 seconds. <laughs> I don't think you had 30 seconds. That was good. (laughs) So um, exactly. And then you're like, oh, leprechaun. Okay. The other person helps give them some ideas and then you can move it forward together. Never negate an idea. So I get that one example that you shared about the pink elephant and someone saying like, oh, like what pink elephant? Like what would be another example maybe in life where somebody's like negating an idea? 
I mean, our kids do this to us all the time. If you have a teenager, you know what I'm talking about. So, oh, no. uh, and my teenager's an improviser, so I give him a hard time. I'm like, you <laughs> totally <laughs> no butted me. You did not yes and me. Um, but let's say it's something more like at work. If someone, you're in a staff meeting and you're trying to come up with ideas for a new product or, you know, how to change marketing and branding, and someone comes up with an idea, the, the problem is you want to create, this is really important, you want to create a culture of yes anding, meaning that you're not going to go like, yes, that's a great idea. If you don't think it is, that's not what we're talking about. You're just accepting it like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh, I hear your idea about the new light bulb that's more energy efficient, that's in the shape of Mickey Mouse or whatever. And then someone else adds onto it because they don't quite like the Mickey Mouse part. I don't know where I got this, but, you know, and and they don't think they can sell that. (laughs) So then they, they say, yes, And let's also talk about different possibilities for the design or something. So the idea is you're, you're, you're not saying, no, that's stupid because then what happens, the whole room just deflates and nobody else wants to speak up. And as a leader or a co, you know, a partner, a creative partner, the last thing you want to do is have people feel like they can't speak up. Create a culture fire nation of yes and grow off of the ideas. There's not going to be a perfect idea spit out of somebody's mouth moment one, but that could be the birth, the beginning of something that grows into something really incredible if you don't snip it off at the bud. Right. And everyone knows, I was just going to say, everyone who's done anything in innovation and in sciences, but certainly in, in like creating new artwork, it, the whole point is it's not done in the first five minutes. Like, it's the process that we all love and we get juice from, you know? I mean, and just to take a real aerial big world example, I mean, think about Jeff Bezos back in the day. He was like, hey, what can I sell online that's like not going to expire, that I can store, that people are going to want, that I can just start with? And that was bucks. And that was just the way he could start. But then there was a yes and what's next? And he added something else and then something else until now they're literally the everything store. So you never know what that one first little nubbin of an idea could grow into if you just let it. But someone was like, no, you can't sell books online. If it's just books, that's so one dimensional, blah, blah, blah. No, that was just the start of what is now the logistical kingdom of drones dropping out of the sky, (laughs) delivering everything. Like I want an ice cream cone. Like literally I could probably open my window in 10 years (laughs) and an ice cream cone that's been scooped 10 minutes ago, you know, somewhere in Puerto Rico, it's still not dripping because it came here so fast in 87 degree weather. Like that's going to happen, Fire Nation, because of that first birth of an idea. The other thing to do to add on to that is what also called the ready fire aim principle. Now the you've probably heard that phrase before and it got kind of a bad rap in um the corporate world because it's like they're just a ready fire aim person <laughs> like they didn't work it out, but it's actually exactly what you want because like you're saying with Jeff, he they they put it out there they couldn't come up with the final product without letting people try it. And when I was creating my first website, I remember my designer said, okay, stop futzing with it. You have to ready, fire, aim this. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, put it out there, get feedback, look at it through other people's eyes, which always happens when you have a new speech and you're like, oh God, you know, you're up there, you're in the middle of it and you're suddenly seeing things through other people's eyes who are in the room with you. And then you have to re-aim it over and over. But you can't wait until it's completely um, aimed. 
to fire it. <laughs> Am I saying that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like that term in the army, so to speak, because uh, that, that can get us into trouble. But Fire Nation, as entrepreneurs, you got to yeah. get it. Like you've you, got to get be ready, go set. <laughs> yeah. You've got to put that imperfect action out there. Get feedback because you're like in a closet thinking that you're creating the perfect thing. It could be the completely wrong solution to that problem. Got to get it out there and get real feedback on it. That's why things like Kickstarter and crowdfunding can be so powerful because you're getting real world feedback before you invest a ton of time, a ton of money, a ton of effort into something. And that leads us to point number three, Katie, which is be flexible. Talk to us about that. So that's kind of, I think, the thing that everybody thinks about um, being spontaneous and flexible when they are thinking improv, right? That's what it's going to teach me. Um, So let's just start with the idea that nothing's going to go exactly as you expect it. Not work, not your life, not your health, not parenting, um, not your business, and not even like, you know, the world politically or anything like that. (laughs) So if we can, it's just a fact. And I think we all get into trouble when we try to nail stuff down and, when we are rigid, you can't be really creative when you're being rigid. You're just going to end up stuck back in the old version that nobody wants anymore of whatever the product or service is, right? So the idea is to have you know enthusiasm for the unknown. And I don't mean to be like a Pollyanna, like, hey, everything's going to hell. I'm going to be enthusiastic about it. But I mean, you have to cultivate this as just part of your life. So all these tools are really practices that you want to build the sort of mental muscles of so that you become somebody who it's just easy for me to be flexible, you know, in your daily life. Be flexible, Fire Nation, because you just never know what's coming around the corner. What's going to change, by the way? What's going to shift in the world and people's wants, desires, needs? If you're flexible, you can stay ahead of the curve. And by the way, there's a killer podcast called Business Wars. And I love the podcast because it talks about how two massive companies back in the day battled it out. And I'll tell you one thing, the companies that win are the ones that are more flexible, that adjust to the new needs, desires, and wants of their customers. Those are the companies that win, period, end of story. And for you, Katie, skill number four is give up the goal, which I'm really curious about. What do you mean by giving up the goal? I think more specifically, it's give up attachment to the goal or specific expectations. So, you know, we're always reinventing ourselves. And I think the idea is that if we're, if we're changing and our world is changing and we want to just live authentically, like really, truly who we are, we have to get comfortable um, giving up the ideas of where we're headed exactly, like what it's going to look like. So we start a business it's just exactly what you just described about um, all the other businesses sort of tweaking it as they go. But I think if you can start knowing it's not going to be exactly what you picture, you're going to be much better off. It's going to be easier to be flexible. You're going to yes and a lot more. You're going to stay much more present, all these things, and you're going to end up being much more authentic and authentic, not just to who you are, but to what the times need. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense in Fire Nation, authenticity, being genuine, really going down to the core of who you are and what you're trying to achieve and realizing that, hey, 
things are going to change. I mean, you know, going back to that analogy of that plane that takes off from New York City and is going to Paris, they're not just setting a destination and forgetting it. That plane is adjusting thousands of times an hour in the air because of the different right. winds that are happening, the barometric pressure, like all the different factors that come into it. It's making all these little tiny tweaks and adjustments to get to its final goal. So that's the key thing going on. And Katie, what do you want to add to that? One caveat to that is the idea that you have to commit. So they seem like they're opposite, but they're not. So in improv, somebody gives you an idea. Um, I had this ridiculous scene one time where I was coming in and it was set in a hospital. And there's the guy who actually has, <laughs> happens to be my husband who's in my improv show with me. He comes in looking very like, you know, confident. I'm thinking, okay, he's the doctor. So I say, doctor, do you recognize this? And I point to my nose and I'm thinking like, he did my nose job. I'm back. Cause I have a crush on him. Like all oh, this is going on in my head, like all these ideas. Right. <laughs> but I had to give up attachment to the goal because then he said something like, um, Oh my gosh, everybody look, the nurse has stored the missing nose on her face. And it was <laughs> so like, now the you, most bizarre. you became a nurse and now the so nose. Now I'm a nurse. Yeah. Right. So now, but here's what I want to say. You don't have to give up everything, right? You don't have to just like throw, gosh, and just throw everything out the window and start over. I kept that I had a crush on him. I kept that I was excited about the nose, you know, so there was pieces of my character and you might, this is a metaphor, but you might say, keep your authentic self, your ethics, your, you know, things like that, that you are not going to give up. Meanwhile, adjusting in the things that are just sort of more logistics or ideas that you can give up. Does that make sense? It's so it's like <laughs> one really funny story. Just recently, I was doing a keynote for Hewlett Packard, and it was like being live streamed to 30,000 people around the globe. And I wasn't really thinking that because I'm so present with the people in the room, right? So I have this one joke at the beginning of my show, which is like, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. Like Gandhi said, <laughs> you know, Gandhi, he writes for Oprah magazine. <laughs> so that's, that's the joke. Halfway through the joke, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is being live streamed to India. <laughs> I don't know that they're going to like this joke. So I could have just bailed, but I decided to commit and be playful and comfortable. And um, it came across that, you know, I love Gandhi, you know, it wasn't offensive, like I checked in with people afterwards, like the whole thing kind of worked because I committed. So the trick is, how do we know when to give up our attachment to the goal and when to commit? And that is a very personal decision. But I think it comes back to um, you're committing to, like I said before, your sort of your ethics, your essential self. And you're giving up specifics. <laughs> Fire Nation, Katie's been dropping value bombs. And if you think she's done, just wait till we get back from thanking our sponsor because not only are we going through skills five through eight, but Katie's got a little game that we're going to play together where, again, I might get an F. But I'll get an, I'll get an A for participation. But we'll see. Time will tell. We'll be right back, Fire Nation, after we thank our sponsor. Exciting projects, new opportunities, and business partnerships are around every corner, and you know just as well as I do that it's an amazing feeling to be working on the things you love. But it might also mean getting wrapped up and losing track of time now and again. Because I know you value your time as much as I do, I want to tell you about Vincero watches. Vincero is changing the direct-to-consumer game by crafting exceptional watches and selling them at a fair price. With six collections for men, four collections for women, and dozens of colors to choose from, Vincero has a style you want to wear and never take off. 
Vincero is the best value in their industry, keeping their watches affordable while using the highest quality materials in manufacturing. With over 16,000 five-star reviews, you can trust your expectations are going to be exceeded. With a Vincero watch on your wrist, you'll feel unstoppable. Visit VinceroWatches.com slash fire and use promo code fire for 15% off plus free shipping worldwide. That's V-I-N-C-E-R-O watches.com slash fire promo code fire. What do today's fastest growing direct to consumer brands all have in common? They use Klaviyo to personalize their marketing, build their customer relationships, and automate their online sales. Find out how e-commerce pros grow their business in Klaviyo's new video series, Ready, Set, Grow. Ready, Set, Grow takes you behind the scenes, exploring key marketing strategies you can use to create amazing customer experiences. Each week, you'll meet a new brand and learn specific ways they drive sales through segmented, relevant, and timely marketing messages. Get a never-before-seen look at your peers' growth strategies. Learn how Rareform uses back-in-stock emails and a coming-soon product page to grow sales, forecast production, and decide what to discount. And explore Apartment 2B's Swatch Sample Program and the follow-up they use for converting browsers into buyers. Klaviyo is sharing it all, and there's plenty of time to catch up before new episodes are released. Tune in to Klaviyo new Ready, Set, Grow video series and to receive even more helpful content on an ongoing basis. Visit klaviyo.com slash fire. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash fire. So Katie, we're back and man, the value bombs are going to be dropped left and right with skills five through eight. So talk to us about skill number five, spontaneity, thinking on your feet. Okay, this is a little bit like being flexible, but it's a little bit more where you have to create kind of a blank brain state. So one of my favorite lines from the movie The Matrix is where Trinity says, um, no one's ever done anything like this before. And then Neo says, that's why it's going to work. So I love that concept of total trust. (laughs) And to be spontaneous, you have to have trust. You have to have trust in yourself and your partners and just in the process that the creative process is more, the process is more important than the very specific product, right? So being spontaneous lets you, once you have that trust and you have it like as a, you've practiced it as a mental muscle, then it allows you to take creative risks, which is where the good stuff is. (laughs) No one's ever done anything like this before. That's why it's going to work. Think about that interaction, Fire Nation. It's really powerful. And by the way, Katie, I'm kind of curious for your feedback on this. Like, what if it doesn't work? Because that's where so many (laughs) entrepreneurs are terrified. They're like, oh my God, what if it doesn't work? I'm so terrified. If it doesn't work, I'm obviously going to be under a bridge somewhere in some scary city eating out of, you know, a a sewer pan that's on fire or something. Like, what is the deal if it doesn't work? (laughs) I have a terrible answer to that first, which is my Buddhist teacher once said to me, well, literally somebody said that to her and she said, well, then I'll be meditating under a bridge in a box. (laughs) That is a terrible answer. Well, that's good for you. (laughs) None of us are that enlightened, so that's not going to (laughs) work. It's a great question. So I think some of the um, answers to that are, one, what does success mean to you? So And as a life coach, I work with so many creative people who are trying to create um, workshops and creative entrepreneurial businesses where they have an image of what success looks like. And they 
they don't reach that image. So it's like, I'm, I always talk to them about what do you want to feel? Um, do you want to, you know, you want to feel pride, you want to feel freedom. Okay. Is this job actually going to get you those things? Because they sort of run headlong into this business, not uh, with the, with the image that like money and being on TV means success or somebody else hiring me for millions of dollars. And then you're like, but wait, is that giving you freedom? You know, that may not actually be giving you the things you want to feel. It may just be giving you what you were brought up by the culture or your parents or wherever you got it, it, what success means. And as someone in, by the way, in comedy, I deal with that all the time because success in comedy means you have a show and I don't want any of those things. I write my own show. I do whatever I want, whenever I want. And I learned a long time ago that that's more valuable to me. So when you say you fail, that's the first question that's really important is, did you fail at what somebody else or the culture pictures as failing? Or did you fail because you didn't sort of meet your uh, ethics and you weren't excited and interested at every moment what you were doing? Because um, those are that's success to me. And I've also known, I work with a lot of very wealthy people who are not happy. So I also know that money is not the answer uh, most of the time. So the so you have to ask what is success first. Let me really get a grip on what really will make me happy, and success is what makes you happy. But let's say you are doing all that. I think is your question. So let's say you are. You're like you're in alignment. You're being authentic, and you fail, meaning like the the um, business didn't get off the ground. Nobody wants it, or something like that. Then you just first of all, the word failure is so useless. Like that is an inner critic thing, which we're getting to in number six, but that is just a completely waste of time. The whole trick is readjust, readjust, ready, fire, aim, ready, fire, aim, give up the goal. Like you do all these practices and you won't ever believe you're failing. Fire Nation, we are so often our own worst critic. I mean, it's just a reality. We're sitting there, we're judging ourselves, those inner voices, that imposter syndrome. It is just something that we as human beings have to deal with day in and day out. But let's talk about skill number six, Katie, which is gagging that inner <laughs> critic. Break it down for us. Yes. That's my favorite process that we do in all of my workshops and um, trainings. I think you should change gagging to just choking out your inner critic. I mean, let's get even more aggressive. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I work at a lot of like yoga centers. I don't know if they love that. (laughs) (laughs) Know your audience, you know, you can shift back and forth. your inner critic to death. (laughs) Um, So, um, okay, there's a there's a process that I use and it's 12 steps and it's in my book and I will send it to fire nation folks um, who want it. Um, I'll tell you how to, we'll give you guys a little uh, link for that at the end. The, the first, the deal is, and a lot of people might already have a sense of this, but let me just sort of spell it out. The inner critic, I'm doing the like four second version of this, but the inner critic is a, um, a protective mechanism something happened at some point or you learned at some point that you were in danger from generally embarrassment, um, shame, uh, being like, you know, kicked off the island in some fashion, right? And this is no joke. I mean, by evolutionarily, biologically, we are bred for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years to be terrified about being ostracized from our clan because we will literally be kicked out and will starve. So it's like, it's, don't feel bad about yourself (laughs) if you're afraid of this, because it's just very, very natural. So the deal is to just go, okay, my inner critic's coming up. Now, the problem is that the inner critic 
over time, for a lot of us, most of us, it becomes something that not it doesn't protect you as much as keep you from trying or feeling good about yourself. So usually what you hear instead of like something helpful, like, you know, last time you went out for that job interview, you didn't really research the company and you didn't get the job. That would be helpful, right? Yeah. But this is not that. The inner critic is like, you suck on some level, right? <laughs> like you are not smart enough. They're going to find out you're not capable or, you know, everybody else here is X and you're not. And, and it's usually something you can't argue. The inner critic gets clever enough because if you can argue, then you work your way through it. Right. But the inner critic gets clever enough to just stop you in your tracks and you're like, okay, fine. And then you quit. That's what failure is, I think. So what my worksheet and process is, is to walk you through, first of all, understanding what it's saying to you and just even noticing it. Some people don't even notice it. They just take it as fact. They're like, I do suck. <laughs> you just walk around like, I'm terrible. And you don't know why. And so to kind of recognize that it was something to protect you. So then you're like, okay, thank you. I appreciate your, you're protecting me, but you're terrible at your job. And then we want to kind of turn it into an inner coach. And I won't walk through every step because it is a little bit longer and more involved. And I think it's more helpful if you do the process than I just sort of whip us through it. But basically the idea is we're trying to turn it into an inner coach, slightly cheesy word, but you know, fun picture to picture. So it's like, you know, it's, it's that fun. I don't know if anybody has a fun personal trainer, but you know, it's that fun personal trainer. I do. Who's encouraging. You do. Okay, good. I have not found that yet. Who's encouraging and is very specific with neutral objective language. So it's not dissing you. It is like, here's how you can fix this, or here's what went wrong last time, or here's what I'm afraid of for you. So Fire Nation, Katie has this whole 12-step process that she mentioned she can't go into super depth about because of time constraints, but this is a 12-step process that she has in her book, which we'll mention in more detail at the end. But just real quick, Katie, for right now, people that are listening are like, yes, this 12-step process sounds intriguing. Where do they go to get more information about that process in your book? Let me also just give you a freebie too. Sure. <laughs> so they don't have to go to my book, but it's, I think it's chapter 12. But I also, um, if you go to katiegoodmanspeaking.com and it's K-A-T-I-E, goodmanspeaking.com slash fire, we made that for you. And you go there and just give us your email and we'll send you that plus these eight steps that we're also talking about today. Boom. Love it. KatieGoodmanSpeaking.com slash fire. And it makes sense this chapter 12 since it's a 12-step process. And <laughs> let's talk about getting lost. I mean, most people think getting lost is a terrible thing. If you're driving, you get lost. I don't even know if people get lost anymore because of GPS. Actually, in Puerto Rico, they do because the GPS is just all kinds of wonky. But skill number seven, the art of getting lost. Break that down for us. This is one of my most favorite things. And in improv, it's the idea, it's a little bit related to giving up the goal. So allowing yourself not to head straight to the goal, but to kind of wiggle around and play. And in improv games, you're adding more conflict and you're taking it down unexpected roads and enjoying that, right? Like you don't want to just go from the problem to the solution in theater like that. It's the most boring thing there's no story. So in real life, though, the reason that it's important to get lost is because you are changing all the time, <laughs> which is kind of bad news. Some people are like, 
I, you know, finally they figured themselves out and they're like, I've got it. Now I'm going to hold on to it. And it just does not work that way. You just keep changing. So your authentic self will just keep um, evolving your whole life. The way to get to the next iteration of you is by letting go of who you were, being lost, and then finding the new you. You cannot go from letting go of the past you to bouncing into the new you without being lost. It just does not work that way. And the example of this is everybody knows somebody who just got out of like a terrible relationship or divorce, and then three months later, they're with somebody who's exactly the same as the last person. And they're right. <laughs> you just went, oh, and the reason for that is because they didn't do any self-exploration or being lost. Like they didn't sit in it and go, OK, wait a minute. That was the old me. Who's the new me? And the way to do this, it's so fun. You can be so playful about it. It doesn't have to be like, oh, my God, I'm putting myself in like, you know, horrible, dangerous situations in cities. I don't know. That's not what we're talking about. But again, it's practicing the mental muscle. So Give yourself some tasks. This will be on the um, eight steps. There's a bunch of examples here that I'll send you. But so it's things like, um, you know, obviously going to a new part of a city you've never been to. But it can also be like go to the bookstore. And, you know, I always go to the science fiction um, area. But, you know, for some reason today, and you just look around, you're like, what intrigues me? You're like, oh, male bodybuilding. I don't know why. (laughs) And, you know, just let your eyeballs kind of take you on a little fun, playful journey. And children do this all the time, right? They never walk in straight lines. So, you know, and they're like, oh, look at this thing on the ground. And oh, look at this. So it's kind of, (laughs) it's that kind of feeling. And it's that kind of state that you want to make sure to almost build into your life. So it's not like everything's great now. And then this is the get lost week. And then next week, I'll be the new me. It's not quite like that. Although I'm sure some type A's listening would be like, Oh, dang it. But um, (laughs) it's more like, you know, just keep that explorative, playful child, um, you know, curious muscle growing all the time. Um, you know, every day have a little something you get lost at and don't try to, you know, it's not, you don't want to start this with really big, heavy things. Like I'm going to quit my job, (laughs) like start it with like, I'm going to maybe try something different on this menu at this restaurant. I always go to so baby steps, fire nation, the windy path, the windy path from the problem to the solution. That's where the magic happens. So get lost, literally get lost. And we've all done this on YouTube when we've gone to watch one thing on YouTube and we see that little sidebar and we're just like, Oh my God, the top eight baseball highlights of all time. And I'm like, I have to see those unbelievable. I don't even like baseball, but I have to see the top eight (laughs) of all time. And the next thing I know, like I've gone down this windy road and who even knows where I end up. I'm like, why gold is going to go to 5,000 pounds? I'm like, what? I need to buy gold. I'm like, why did I get here? And Fire Nation, getting lost sometimes, it can be where the magic happens. It can also be a huge waste of time, but it can also be where the magic happens. (laughs) So get lost. And the final skill, skill number eight, how to be authentic, Katie. Break it down. Everything leads to that, I think. Um, That's how I see it all, is that that's our mission as people is to be our authentic selves. When we are not in alignment with our authentic selves, and everyone knows what that feels like, you take the job you didn't want, you're with the person you didn't want, um, then nothing works. I mean, it really doesn't. You can push boulders uphill all day, but in the end, it's not going to work. And then it's going to feel like a failure, like we talked about earlier. So practicing all these skills really leads to having an authentic life. But the thing is, um, you kind of want to 
you want to, so it's like, I call it excavating your authentic self. And, and of course, one of the tricks is how do you excavate your authentic self from what your family of origin is, or even your culture at your work or your friends or your spouse or whatever. Um, or even just what the culture tells you, you should and shouldn't be. And that, you know, there's a lot of self-help books on that specifically. But I think what I have seen is if you're practicing being flexible and, you know, gagging your inner critic, which is not your authentic self, right? And you are giving up the goal and you're practicing being lost. Like all these things are going to end up with this really juicy, authentic you that you just feel really good about. And you're relaxed and you're like sitting in it and you're like, yep, that's me. Fire Nation, that's what you're striving for, to be able to say, yes, that is me. And I say this over and over again to people that launch their podcast. You want to be finding how your personality becomes your podcast. And it might not be their episode one or 100. It takes time to get comfortable behind the microphone, to say what you want to say, to do what you want to do. It's the same thing for everything in life, but you want to strive to get there and be authentic. So, Katie, before we wrap up here and talk more about what you have going on, what is the game that we're playing? When you asked about the failure thing, I thought that was really interesting. And I hadn't quite explained it before the way you got me to. And I think the, we think that there's a game <laughs> at all, right? We think there's a game that's very specific and it's supposed to look a certain way. And one of the things that I really have learned from my teachers is it doesn't matter what you do, it's how you do it. So it really doesn't matter what you're picking as your entrepreneurial business, or in a way, it doesn't matter exactly who you're picking to be with or where to live or any of those things. It's how you do it. So if you're doing it with an agenda that is not authentic, you're going to be unhappy. And if you're, if you're picking something and you're committing to it because you, you know that it feels like it's going to get you to the feelings you want to have, like for me, pride, uh, freedom, connection, those are three of my big ones, creativity, um, then that's the right answer. And that's how you sort of win the game. Okay, I love where you went with that answer because I just want to let you go because I could tell you were going to get lost and make some magic happen, which is exactly what you did. But what I was meaning by what's the game we're playing, you had said that we're going to play a game together. That you're oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> You mean you didn't want me to pontificate more? Okay. Yes, we're playing a game. Let's do it. That's me. I'm going to write a blog about the game. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be your most viral post yeah, ever. Great content, John. Okay, here's the game we're playing. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a note to self. Don't be so serious. Okay, so the game is, this is super easy. And the reason I want to do this is because anyone can play this like around the dinner table with their family or a staff. It's kind of one of the first the exercises you learn as an improviser. Cool. It's just one word story. And literally, you're only allowed to say one word at a time, but you and I are making a story together. So for example, can I just repeat just the word fire and, over and over again? Yeah, yeah, over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> podcast, podcast. Um, so you, we go back and forth. So an example would be like, I say, you know, um, my and you say dog. Okay, I totally get the game. Let's kick it off. All right. So um, we need a subject. So okay. give me a, like a random subject for us to talk about. Puerto Rico. <laughs> okay, Puerto Rico, which I don't know that much about. Okay, so um, I'll start and we'll just see where this goes. Okay. And you can only say one word, but we're going to hyphen Puerto Rico just for fun. Okay. Because I can tell it's going to come out. Yesterday. In. Puerto Rico. We. Ran. Down. The. Beach. 
where dolphins jumped out of the ocean and they landed smartly on people <laughs> and <Here. laughs> okay a tragedy in puerto rico with the dolphins <laughs> so that's it it's just an exercise you can do it at dinner going like around in a circle but I doubt anybody's going to get to the place where dolphins are landing on people, which is amazing because every story is going to be completely different and <laughs> it can be a lot of fun. Which actually is one of the great things about improv because you're not actually competing since everyone has their own experience that they're bringing to it. It's a real treat about improv. How is that not more of like a, a car game when people are traveling in a car of like four yeah, people, exactly. you just go around clockwise and everybody says one word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just like grab a subject by looking out the window, you know, like. That know. could literally be a podcast, by the way. Like people just record <laughs> themselves saying yeah. one word. <laughs> That'll be my next podcast. Katie, let's wrap things up here. So give us the biggest takeaway you want to make sure Fire Nation gets from our entire conversation. Then give us a call to action on where we can find out more about you, your book, your work, and then we'll say goodbye. Um, I think for me, it's like that you can't escape change and chaos. (laughs) And it's it's all chaos. And the trick is learning to be comfortable in the chaos, right? So to like, but just really thrive in it, to look forward to change and to get lost often and be playful so that you you can seek the new version of your authentic self. Love that. Where can we find out more about you and your book? Well, let's do the katiegoodmanspeaking.com slash fire and everything will be there just um, curated for you guys. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with and you've been hanging out with KG and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Katie, that's K-D-I-E in the search bar and her show notes page will pop up with all the links to everything we've been chatting about today. But your direct call to action, Fire Nation, katiegoodmanspeaking.com slash fire. Katie, thank you for sharing value bomb after value bomb with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute (laughs) you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Hey, Fire Nation. Today's value bombs were brought to you by Katie Goodman. And if you're ready to accomplish your number one big goal, check out the Freedom Journal because you'll do just that in 100 days. And use promo code podcast for a little thank you and discount for listening to my podcast over at thefreedomjournal.com. I'll catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. Discover winning marketing strategies in Clavio's new video series, Ready, Set, Grow. More than 15,000 innovative e-commerce brands grow their business with Clavio. Learn their key tactics in this latest series. Visit Clavio.com slash fire. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash fire. Become an expert at keeping track of your most precious resource, time, with a Vincero watch. Visit VinceroWatches.com slash fire and use promo code fire for 15% off plus free shipping worldwide. That's VinceroWatches.com slash fire. Promo code fire.